2: How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV.
3: It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood.
2: Hello and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you're listening, right around the country, Patrick Aingefield and Aaron Hapgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors.
1: Good morning to you, Redmond. Morning, Patrick. And I tell you what, with Footy being not going at the moment, I thought I wasn't gonna see your head on the social media as much, but this week, with this Footy hub thing that's been put into play by the media, your thoughts? I just keep seeing your head pop up. What is it? How is it gonna work? And is it going to work?
2: Well, we haven't heard anything from the AFL at this stage, so that's the most important thing. Um, there's been media speculation around it, and I was asked during the week, would you be uh, in for it, opposed to it? You know, and I was very much non-committal, basically, because there's no information so far on how it would look. We've said as an AFL PA that we are totally committed to um, helping reinvigorate and start the season when it's, um, when it's appropriate to, and that's being in line with... Um, government directives around social distancing, around flattening the curve, contagion, etc. The crux of it: Would you be um, comfortable moving to an isolated, for once, or a better term, hub somewhere in Australia in order to get games away? Well, would absolutely. You'd have to look through it, mm. look through the detail. The safety is clearly the number one priority, and the AFL uh, are all over that. They would never put players in a position where they're they're not in a safe environment. Um, if you tick that box off, you tick off still being able to live somewhat of a normal existence. You know, you're not going somewhere where you're sitting in a room for four weeks straight and you don't see anything other than, um, you know, daylight when you go out and train and play. Well, that's just ridiculous. Clearly, it's not going to be that. It'd have to be um, really well balanced and thought out. As players, we're absolutely open to to all of it. We need to, um, you know, to get our heads around the detail and how it would look, but I think Clubs, players, the AFL and the AFL-PA are really committed to, to getting the season underway because we know how much it means to the broader community, what it would mean to some sort of normality from week to week. You know, you could watch their their favourite teams play. Um, you know, you could forget the, you know, the torrid time that everyone's going through at the moment because you'd have your team to support. So, oh, for me as
1: well, what you just said there, I would guarantee you if you play, I'll be watching it. That's yep. the thing, and I'll be looking forward to watching you guys play. Not just not, not yourself, but the whole yep. AFL teams. It'd give an and end to a week and yep, a start exactly. to a week, and it's some. I don't sort even of know normality. what day it is. Yeah, I honestly, don't even know what day it is. And just one more on the footy side of things before we get into the fishing. They say I think they're saying three to four weeks is sort of a pre-season sort of thing. I guess you could call it. Yep. Uh, yourself, could you be ready in three to four weeks to perform at AFL level? Well, it's it's yes, you have
2: to be. Is it going to be the same level as if you were training with your clubs, going through? Um vision of other teams no it's not but it's going to be the best that we can possibly do it that comes back to um, how much work you put in individually so Um, players should be working hard now absolutely and they're all working hard you know I think we need at least a couple of weeks to get together as a team um, and you know and then we'd hit that um, you know once we get to it Um, Redmond I'm not cutting you off it's very important obviously footy in the I don't care about
1: footy talk fishing for me we
2: are about fishing um, and we have a special guest this morning um, to talk uh, to the regulations, the bans on fishing in Victoria. Jala Pulford joins us this morning on Real Adventures. Thanks for joining us, Jala. A huge few weeks, no doubt, at a government level and huge decisions made uh, for fishermen in Victoria.
0: Yeah, look, it's been an extraordinary period and will be for some time. You know, I think when this um, was, you know, appearing in, in, in the news, you know, this is something that's happening overseas, this was something that seems very strange and unusual. And then with every passing day, I think everyone in the Victorian community has realised that this is going to impact them and is impacting them. And, you know, we've seen some industries, uh, you know, absolutely devastated by this. You know, so said that um, the Prime Minister um, talking about um, putting... Entire industries into hibernation and, you know, there's, um, I, I guess what I, I would like to stress is that our government, state government and the federal government are working uh, incredibly closely together. We've got this new, um, creation really, the national cabinet. So decisions are made, um, uh, you know, the decisions are being made very quickly. They're being, um, implemented, um, very, very quickly as well. And we are, everybody is working um, day and night to avoid us uh, having the kind of situation that we are seeing on the news every night in some of those other parts of the world, like the images from places like Italy and Spain, the, the, the news out of New York City, it's utterly horrific. And, um, you know, every effort is about uh, having the best possible outcomes that we can have here. And so, yeah, everyone. Everyone is having to play their part and, you know, the community has been, the Victorian community has been outstanding and we are asking a lot of people and, you know, for some that means they're shutting their business and they no longer have a wage. For some people we're saying, um, you know, we know you love participating in fishing, going out on your boat, um, playing golf, uh, you know, the the list is really as long as your imagination. Um, And right now, you know, we just need you to do one thing, which is to stay at home. And there are, you know, those four exceptions to the stay-at-home rule, uh, going out for some, you know, your, your basic needs, your basic supplies, um, work or education, um, unless you can do it at uh, at home, and um, medical care and caregiving, and then just a, a bit of basic exercise. So really, um, we just are all stuck at home um, to do our bit to flatten the curve, and you know I know that um, you now with Easter upon us, it would be really, really magnificent to be wetting a line, to be out in the boat. I was I had booked uh, a trip to East um through some of the fire affected communities. Um, we were going to go to Mallacoota, but um, stop at Orbost and Marlow on the way out, and then. Stop at painsville on the way back I had every intention of packing my diving gear and um, you know and doing and doing a bit of diving which always optimistically involves a little bit of looking for something to have for dinner as well um, <laughs> not that good at it but you know can't blame a girl for trying and yeah now uh, yeah, I'll be sitting sitting here um, in Ballarat uh, not doing any of those things like um, I guess everyone else
2: yeah, what do you say to the to the fishermen that um, plenty of feedback that we've received? We we shot out sort of a message to to our listeners during the week that you know you can go and walk the dog in the morning, you can go for a run, you can do yoga in the park. Yet fishing has been one of those things that's been cast aside. Was that something that um, that you argued with at a government le- level to try and uh, still have Victorians being able to go out and wet a line in isolation, or was that just one of those things that was cast aside early in the piece when it came to negotiating what you can can't do?
0: Well, it's not really a negotiation. That's the thing. It's, um, it's advice from the chief health officer and, you know, the best epidemiologist in the world. And so, you know, the World Health Organization's advice to governments around the world is testing, testing, testing. Uh, the advice from every government around the world is, um, stay at home, flatten that curve and, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's kind of a, a concept that is now so familiar to us but um, was completely unknown to I think most of us as recently as three weeks ago, this curve flattening idea which is basically about slowing the spread of something um, that seems to be incredibly contagious and can have a catastrophic health outcomes for lots of people, it doesn't discriminate by uh, where you live, it doesn't discriminate by what your interests are, whether you, you, know, whether you want to go uh, fishing or play golf, it doesn't discriminate um, even particularly on age, though it's more dangerous for older people. Uh, but also people with chronic health conditions.
2: Jala, just compared to other states, though, um, we had Scotty Coglin, or we have him on later in the show. We're going to talk to him around uh, WA legislation. They can fish in their regions. We can't do that in Victoria. Were there any ifs and buts in regards to the discussion piece around that, or was it this is what's best for uh, Victorians and this is just what it's going to be?
0: Well, I think every state, in fact, I know every state and the national government are all... Uh, Absolutely, uh, focused on, uh, the singular task of the same, saving lives. And so, um, a, about a week and a half ago, I think, um, it was a, a, the Prime Minister came out of one of those national cabinet meetings and addressed the whole country and said, you know, we recognize that different states have different, uh, experiences with COVID-19, uh, and, uh, and there will need to be some points of difference. Um, so, for instance, um, you know, the timing for decisions around school uh, starting to happen from home. That's happened at, at some slightly different dates in different states. Uh, and so, uh, the Victorian Chief Health Officer advice is about what is best for Victoria and what is going to save the most lives in Victoria. So, uh, that's um, the only uh, consideration uh, in our mind: what is going to save the most lives? Because, of course, um, people who vote uh, will get this. Uh, people who like to go fishing uh, will get this. Um, this, you know, this, you know, this virus. It doesn't discriminate. And um, the advice that we've got uh, is that um, it's, it's, you know, it's a very simple proposition. Um, we just all need to be at home and and there's four reasons uh, that are the reasons to be out of the home um, are very, very narrow uh, and we are um, you know, we, we thank the Victorians uh, who are absolutely and overwhelmingly doing the right thing. Uh, they're staying at home but we need to keep at it and I know that, um, you know, we are, well, we are uh, concerned that all of the good work that people have done over the last couple of weeks is at risk of being undone if people don't do the right thing over Easter uh, but in terms of what's driving uh, the situation in Victoria, it's the advice about what's best for Victoria and what's going to save the lives of people in Victoria and so stay at home uh, simply means that, just stay at home. I've, um, I have seen uh, some people uh, trying to Make, make the most of the situation that we're all stuck in, whether they're, you know, cleaning, cleaning their gear, whether they're, um, you know, I did, did see a, a, a slightly funny thing doing the rounds on social media the other day about somebody having to go at fishing in the bath. It was kind of a a, a, a sort of a sad but slightly funny comment on where we are at the moment. Like this he, is, you know, you know, no one is enjoying this. Um, the government certainly doesn't, is taking no pleasure in, um, requiring these things of people you know i um i would love to be being in and on the water this weekend this is what i had planned uh and you know it's plainly inconsistent with the idea of being at home and so yeah i'm going to be at home and we're asking everybody else to do that as well
2: Yala, we really appreciate your time this morning. One quick one before you go, and it's going to be very difficult to to answer. Investment in fishing, it's been huge over the last few years. Target One Million has been a huge success. Given the huge financial strain that the entire economy will be under, can you foresee that there is going to be limited spending in the fishing space in Victoria going forward, or is it one of those things that's too hard to see at this stage?
0: Uh, so our election commitments are our election commitments and we will be delivering them and the Premier has made it absolutely clear uh, to all his ministers that Daniel Andrews has made it absolutely clear uh, to me and my colleagues like election commitments must be delivered. Mm. And so what I can tell you is that our work on fish stocking is continuing, our work on uh, those upgrades to boat ramps that we promised, uh, our work on reviewing... Uh, boating infrastructure management, um, all of that, the, the work on the hatchery at Shepparton, that stuff is still going on. And um, you know, because that is one of the reasons that people can leave home to go to work, um, those contractors are still at work. Our people at Fisheries and Better Boating, they're all working from home, but i tell you what, they're all still really busy. Um, so when we do get back into it, when we do get back on the water and in the water, um, I'm hoping the fish will be fatter, uh, the populations will all be strong, uh, the you know, that those projects will all be um, one or two or three steps further uh, along the road to completion. So I certainly wouldn't want anyone to think uh, that we are in any way diminished in our enthusiasm for making Victoria the best place to go fishing and boating. Um, in the country and, you know, this is an interruption to, you know, what everyone loves to do. I know how much people love to do it and, you know, I have a, a great, like I have a great, a deep affection for our uh, fishing community and I really want everyone to stay safe and well and for their families to stay safe and well while this thing um, is upon us. And once uh, it is safe to do so, uh, to get back out there and for it to be uh, bigger and better than ever.
2: Wonderful news hearing that, Redmond. Yala, thank you so much for joining us this morning on Real Adventures and filling us in with where everything sits with COVID-19.
0: Yeah, cheers. Uh, Take care, guys, and uh, thanks for the opportunity to have a chat about it.
2: There you have it, Redmond. Uh, Your thoughts on all of that? Nothing that we didn't already understand, but clearly every state... Uh, handles things differently, and um, there's different populations in every state, so you can't compare, um, you know, apples with apples.
1: Yeah, I don't. Want, I'm not going to, like I said, I'll 100 do what the government say. I will, and I won't breach those rules. I still think there's could be a little bit of movement for the fishing side of things, but I believe that they're doing what's best for us. Like I said, they're the best health in the world, people in the world involved, all their advice is there. Just for me to say, it's easy for me to leave my house. It is easy for me to do it because I live 30 seconds from the ramp. People are going to be traveling an hour and a half from Altona to get to Queenscliff to go chase the whiting and they stop at at a bakery, they stop at a petrol station, then they stop at the bakery again. There's three stops they could have avoided. So I think they are doing a great, I won't argue with them. If I, like I said, she spoke very well then. She covered all the topics. and that's the, sense. And that's yep. the reasons, she said the reasons, why we can't fish in Victoria, and that's that. Uh, we're going to take your feedback after the break on the Social Hub. There's plenty
2: happening uh, on Real Adventures this morning and Scotty Coglin a little later for our special guest on All Aboard.
3: You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome
2: back to Real Adventures. It's time for The Social Club. If you've got a question for Aaron or I, make sure you're joining the conversation at Real Adventures on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Speaking of Twitter, I posed the question during the week, Redmond. It's safe to say there was some uh, there's some solid feedback there. Um, <laughs> said, you can run, you can walk your dog, and you can practice yoga in the park, yet fishing from the beach or a boat is a no-go. Shoot us your thoughts on our Real Adventures page, and we'll discuss and dis- uh, debate this morning. Uh, it's safe to say uh, it lit up. I'm going to read out a few, Redmond, and you can do the same. Some Really interesting thoughts, uh, Ben. Unfortunately, if something goes wrong, you've got to think about the resources that goes into needing to help, um, you know, find those people, and that's you know that's certainly been prevalent this week. And once again, our thoughts are with those that that are lost at the moment. There's been a few boats overturned. We've got to be so careful with using our waterways, especially with the people that are uh, patrolling at the moment. Uh, go away, Pat. You're only a footballer. <laughs> that was one. Just stop. There is no debate. It's a government directive. Do what's asked of you. You may be fit and healthy um, and not in the at-risk category, um, but do it for others. Think of the doctors, the nurses that are daily putting themselves in harm way. Don't be selfish. That's a really good one, Redmond.
1: Patrick, I didn't even know you tweeted this during the week because I don't use Twitter, and I'm just—I'm copping abuse as well. Uh, The government is showing us who's really boss here. Unfortunately, common sense is not being used here. Fishing is exercise for some. I say this because I am disabled, and it's the one of the only things that keeps me sane. And I'm able to do it in a wheelchair. I can't run nor walk. That's a really good one. Fishing should be allowed, so as long as following the social distancing
2: guidelines, and you can drive to your holiday home. But you can't take your learner driver for a
1: drive. Some rules are contradictory and ridiculous. Somehow I've got one here. Pat says, come on, Ranger, stay at home unless it's essential. Well, he got it wrong because I'm Mouse Brown, mate. So you just keep your call. Unless he's completely wrong there. Fishing should be essential going out for food for the
2: family. Uh, It's also a coping mechanism for your mental health. Yes, we need to
1: flatten the curve. However, it won't hurt to let people flick a line. And last one, absolute rubbish. Everyone still goes and rubs shoulders at supermarkets, walks and runs at parks, allowed in groups of two, but you can't find an isolated spot and have a fish. If the message is stay at home, then it should be for all public places. Isolated fishing poses no risk. Uh, Some good points. Absolutely. Where do you sit with it? Because we've been debating um,
2: this and it's changed.
1: I I, yeah. I, thought this, Honest, honestly, I thought it was going to be a nice break from fishing because this isn't my job. Yep. Like a little bit of a. But for us. Oh, you no, know, even for myself, I'm struggling without it. I really am. Yep. Mentally as well. Like I'm at home and I uh, had to return a boat during the week and I went on the ferry just to take it back for work and. For work, that's the key word. It yep. was for work. I wasn't fishing, it was literally on the ferry. And I just looked at the water and the water was dirty. And I looked out, like the whiting would be going nuts. And honestly, that's where it really hit me. I'm like, I, it got to me. And I think we should be able to. I'm sticking with what I said last week. I will stand by what the government puts in place. Yes. But I think that between my house, the service station, which nearly every person is doing to travel to work, is going to the servo, put a glove on, pump some fuel into my boat. I've got all my bait at home. I don't need to go anywhere. I don't. Squid is out there. Squid you can catch everything on. Go catch a squid first, and then you can go fishing. I think you should be able to do it. Your thoughts? Well, the same argument's been put forward with, I fish on a local
2: beach um, in an isolated environment. I'm not seeing one. Why can't I go do that? And uh, look, I understand those, those arguments. There's no doubt about that. And we've seen what other states and territories are doing in regards to still allowing fishing in your region. I think the challenge comes with how long this could potentially be here for. And yes, I understand the the frustrations with not being able to go out and do something when others are allowed to go out and have a run or um, walk your dog or do yoga in the park. I suppose the argument is also this the length of time that you're out fishing. It's a significant time um, that you spend. It's not going out for a half hour run. You're spending hours outdoors. Um, we've done a really good job Right around the country, particularly in Victoria, of late the curve has really start started to flatten. Why would you risk that in order to open up the you know the challenges, other uh, the channels of mm. potential contagion? Um, you know, I, I think the government are in a really difficult position. I think Dan Andrews has done a wonderful job in terms of shutting everything down, and I think he'll continue to stay stay that line until whatever
1: he's doing's working. You can see it.
2: So it's it's hard to argue with that. Mm. So. Um, yeah, I get both sides, and I'm frustrated by it because I love fishing. I, you know, got a fly rod um, for my thirtieth last week, and I've been really? casting it in the backyard. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. So, absolutely, I get the frustration with it, um, but it's just one of those things that we'd rather be over this in, you know, four or five months than have it drag out for another eight months, ten months. And not be able to fish for all that time because we just didn't take this seriously enough. So, I'd urge everyone to really open their eyes when it comes to that sort of thing, regardless of you know trying to compare yourself with other states. Uh, Redmond, you've got one to finish off with.
1: Uh, Clint has asked, boys, after this virus blows over, where is your first fishing trip? Patrick, take us away with somewhere nice.
2: Uh, I've been planning to go eat eat Gippsland. Love the region. I've got family there. It had been decimated by the fires of of late. It's such a beautiful place. Um, great estuary fishing. Huge flathead at the moment. There's great, Grim. there's great trout also further up the the snowy river system as you go. Great fishing off the beach. So I'm locking in sort of Cape Conrad as my next destination to go. I'm going to bring the family there in the off-season. We can't wait.
1: Uh, I... Can't decide yet. I'll wait to see what time this blows over. If it's bluefin tuna, I need to catch something big. So I'm going to go down and get a nice barrel bluefin down Portland Apollo Bayway. If it's a little bit later, I was actually talking to a, mate, oh, to a good friend of the show, Cam. we were thinking about Cam White, the uh, the cricketer. We're talking to him. We're going to go on a trip somewhere after this blows because I'm going to need it. He said I'm going to need it after the kid grows up a little bit. So we're going to go on a trip somewhere. We just I was talking about uh, going where I went down with Edencraft Craft TV that time. Down to uh, Greenlee Islands, uh, staying out there for a couple of nights. Spent time with Tumby Tom? Tumby Tom down there, exactly. So SA we legend. might do a couple of days or a couple of days of staying on the boat out there, catching some Samson, some Kings, and sharks. So that's that was the trip that was in our mind, as in an actual, technically a trip.
2: It puts into perspective just how much you really do appreciate going out fishing and just how wonderful it is. As soon as something like that um, gets taken away from you, it's just,
1: that's why we all love it. I'm pretty it's sure, so I'm pretty sure I saw Whiting busting up during the week.
2: <laughs> that thick. All right. If you've got a question for Aaron or I or you want to join in the conversation, make sure you send it in to our Real Adventures social pages, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Now it's time for our dream boating destinations. Thanks to Club Marine. Ensure your boat or jet ski with Club Marine. Call or search Club Marine to find out more. Ask for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you
1: and our dream boating destination for this morning, Redmond. It is a place in WA called Lancelin. Now, the father-in-law, he has been here and I asked him, I was with him during the week because they have isolated and they're helping us with the young fella. And I said, where should I go? And he goes, do this for the destination. And he reckons this place is pristine. It is nearly untouched because people miss it. But after looking at the photos, you can see why people would want to go there. It's a beautiful place. It's a... uh, a little bit of a small, sleepy yeah, small, sort of fishing town, small crayfish it? town. Uh, back, well, still crayfish, yeah. And it's 127 kilometers north of Perth, so not too far away. An hour and a half, an hour and a bit more. Uh, the good thing about Lansland for the fishing on the boating side of things is it's protected by islands. So, what I mean by protected by islands is when you do get your wind blowing in from an onshore breeze, which Clearly in WA, there's a reason it's called the Fremantle Doctor. It gets smashed. Yeah, exactly. Big winds, especially in the afternoons there. And it comes through. And these islands will protect. So quite often you can get out and fish where along the WA coast can be hard at times. So it's a really good place for that side of things. And I'll start with the ocean fishing, Pat. Once again, when we say WA, what can't you catch? But basically you've got uh, your jewfish there. They're great over there. You've got your pink snapper, your groper, ball chin, kingfish, King George whiting. Ball chin, This is why you're on ball chin groper.
2: I've had it once. It was the nicest tasting fish that I've ever had. Oh, white white flesh? Yeah, it is just I've, magnificent. I've
1: never seen I've never eaten one. Uh, you've also got Spanish Max during their run during the summer period. Um, and you can get, like I said, you can nearly catch anything there in the boat, but then you go back to the land side of it, and it's just a really, really good place to land base. And I'll always stay, say this, land-based fishery, Pat, sunrise, sunset is always the best, no matter where you are, really, around around the whole country, I reckon, whether it's sharks or even your whiting, just on dark, but basically, you can catch uh, any, I think they're yellowfin whiting over there, you've also got your herring, your tailor, and a muller way as well off the beach, so... You've got plenty of options if you head there for your land-based fishery. And one thing this place does have is massive sand dunes. They've got the biggest sand dunes in all of WA with no vegetation on it. I was hoping you were going to mention this because it actually... It's crazy. It it's, it's awesome. So they're sandboarders. Literally, you yep. can go sandboarding there. Uh, I don't know the full drive side of things. I did ask Stephen that. and I I think you can go full driving in certain parts. Uh, but the, the sandboarding is massive over there because these sand dunes, are huge and with no vegetation you don't need to watch out for that tree
2: (laughs) if you want more information on lancelin you can visit lancelin's website www.lancelin.com.au it is our dream boating destination for this morning club marine is australia's leading provider of insurance for boats and jet skis and now you can win the dream with club marine
1: Club Marine members
2: have the chance to win a share of over $260,000 in prizes, including a Ram 1500 Laramie pickup truck and a North Bank 600C boat and trailer package. Call or search Club Marine to find out more. Eligibility criteria, terms and conditions apply. Call for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. New South Wales permit number LTPS 19 33208.
3: Real Adventures, it's time to get all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy.
2: Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for All Aboard, thanks to the Dometic CIB 26 cooler bag. Keep food and drinks cool on your adventures. Scotty Coglin joins us from Western Angler Magazine. Good morning, Scotty.
3: Good morning, boys. Good morning, boys. I'd rather be on this side of the world than your side of the world. just <laughs> the
2: <video>. We uh, are... <laughs> Battling, it's safe to say. That's why we've got you on this morning so you can wet our appetite when it comes to wetting a line. Uh, we can't do it. You can. You're the envy uh, of all Victorians <laughs> at the moment. Um, is the area fishing okay?
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, look, it is, it, it is good at the moment. We're in the midst of what is our peak fishing time in the southern half of the state in that we have our big annual run of Australian salmon. Um, and our regulations at the moment are that the government is, is pretty much not recommending you go fishing, but it's saying if it's you know essential for your health and well-being or you need to catch a feed, you can. So what is certainly I'm seeing on the ground in WA, we're not allowed to move between regions either. I should add that. So you've got to stay within your own region. What I'm certainly seeing at the moment is uh, there are plenty of people in WA who. Do want to get out and find? Think it's important to get out and wet a line, whether that be just for their own state of mind or, or a lot of people are catching a feed for their family. Um, the important thing is we just need everyone to do the right thing with the social distancing. Just go with the family, try and keep it down to no more than two people, and, and keep that meter and a half between everyone. And, and we, you know we're kind of lucky we've got lots of lots of coastline. If you can't find somewhere you can wet a line by yourself without interacting with other people, then you you're probably not looking so
2: hard. The, um, when it comes to salmon fishing, and you mentioned before you posted a great article um, by Ben Carley from RecFish West around just the economic value of the salmon to Western Australia, um, clearly the, the salmon won't be as hammer as they have been in previous years. How will that impact the, the local fish stocks? Does it mean next year is, is phenomenal? Does it mean when we can get back fishing along the Western Australian coast, that it's amazing? Or how are you going to see that unfold? Oh, look, I mean,
3: there's, yeah, they, I mean, there potentially certainly would be some, some impacts in terms of fish stocks, and them getting a bit of a rest. The salmon run is, is an interesting one in that it varies greatly every year anyway. There are a lot of salmon off the southwest coast at this time of year and some schools come in range, some stay out where people can't see them. There's vagaries of weather and currents that will determine whether it's a big year or not. So you can have, you can kind of have one year where it just goes bananas all the way up to Perth. And they even went as far as Exmouth uh, a couple of years ago, which is kind of unprecedented. But then you'll have other years when they kind of don't make it up far past the south coast and you don't really get a metro run. So it's, it's very unpredictable, the salmon run. So the the drop in fishing pressure this year probably won't have. Any influence at all on the number of fish we see next year. Um, I think, yeah, the, the other vagaries and factors that come into play more determinate, but it's certainly for fishermen in the southwest part of WA to, to not be able to go out of the region and chase the salmon at this time of year is, is a real, um, I mean, it's just one of those times, isn't it? But it's a, it's a real downside to all this for a lot of people because so many people just look forward to this time of year. It's the time of year when you get to, this part of the world. The weather's perfect. It's absolutely perfect over east of the forecast. Um, and for a lot of people, it's their one chance to catch a true sport fish. You know, you and I are fortunate enough we get to go and chase sport fish in some pretty great places a fair bit, but for a lot of people, salmon are it, and this is their their time of year to chase them. So, yeah, it's really disappointing to lose that, but it's it's just part of the bigger bigger picture
1: isn't it i was just flicking through your social media platforms and i can see here that you're going to looks like you're going to put into play a question and answers uh out there with journalists that have written for you how's that going to work and how will you run that
3: yeah i just thought people still want to know about fishing it's a pretty uncertain time in the in print media around w i mean it's been an uncertain time in print media generally but particularly fishing print media at the moment i know a lot of magazines Fishing magazines in Australia are pretty much going on hold at the moment. I think at this stage we'll probably be one of those. So uh, it's just an uncertain time from that point of view, but people still want fishing information. And so I just thought it'd be good to to keep people ticking over and keep giving people information and give them something to look forward to. I thought we'd get a few of our riders to go online and do um, Q&As. I must be said, some of them are, are quite happy or prefer just to do the text one where people send questions on Facebook and they can just answer it in text. Some guys don't, don't want to go on camera but there's been some others who've said, Hey, I'll do a live a live stream scenario and just take questions while I, while I talk to the phone or the camera. So yeah, we'll just I just want to see if people are interested and people do seem keen for that sort of thing. So I think we'll give it a go and it's yeah, gives us all something to do. <laughs>
2: If you're interested in that, make sure you log on to the Western Angler Magazine Facebook page for more details. Scotty, thanks so much for joining us this morning on Real Adventures and talking through what's happening over in the West at the moment. Uh, stay safe, and we'll be in touch soon, mate. Yeah,
3: keep your chin up, boys. If you if you <laughs> need a go, something to do, you need a fishing fix. Try a Fishing Planet on. On the PlayStation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or or we could FaceTime you, Scotty.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Thanks, If you're at the bottom of the barrel, you can do that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That was all aboard for Dometic. Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. It is time for Red's Review in Redmond. In the midst of being uh, house-bound, garage-bound and... uh, Boat-bound. Bank, cleaning up all of the uh, all the essentials and the shed. Uh, you've got a good product to review.
1: Yeah, something that I think you can well and truly get done now is you can buy line online. So, that was pretty good, I could buy line online, I like that one. You could buy uh, tackle stores, whatever you want to do. you can, uh, Some stores are still open, you can call in, but you don't need to leave the house to get good braided line or monofilament line. By the time this is over, uh, or we don't know actually, but snapper season will fast, come upon us. It'll be very close. And that what that means is also the fishing season, technically here in Victoria, we'll talk about, is going to be really kick off. You've got the kinkfish shortly after. You've also got the run of bluefin tuna, if we can sneak it in the barrels at the sort of October. i got that them right do, through to yep. October. So now's the time to get ready when you're doing nothing at home. You can make this fun with the kids. You can get them to hold, hold a little, hold a, uh, I guess, a D-hooker or something and wind and use tension on their rag. Pencil. Or pencil, <laughs> yeah, whatever. You burn, pen. Just burn the sides of your hands. The kids have got no hands exactly. left. <laughs> but or you can jump onto Wellesies. Now, I'll say Wellesies again. I really like this website. No, they've got no sponsorship with the site. Uh, with, with us. It's just purely, they like are, it. I like the site. Uh, and the product is the Deep Blue Marine Fishing Reel. It's a portable line spooler pack, long story short. And you can use this to efficiently put line on your reels. Uh, It comes with your suction caps and from I've done a bit of research on it and they do hold really, really well. And the good thing with it, the suction caps, you can move by having the suction caps rather than a rod holder based one is you can manoeuvre it whatever you want. If you're inside, um, I'm holding young Finn, I can chuck him on the couch next to me and wind or I can go to the boat, put it on the bait board if I'm in there, rearranging stuff and you could really start to fill your lines, uh, your reels with new line. It's very, very important to do this. You don't want to have a... 20-pound snapper on, and your mono's got a, a nick in it somewhere you didn't know from last year, and it stuffs up.
2: What do you think like – how often would you replace your line? Obviously, using your line more often is actually good for it versus using it once, letting mm. it sit in the garage for two years, and all of a sudden that crystallisation that you get between the fibres of the braid – can lead to, it, yep. to snaps. Like how often do you replace yours and what do you recommend?
1: Yeah, I think I'm a little bit different to the average punter. I think I lose more braid than I uh than I have to change. So I am quite often re-spooling due to the fact that I'm constantly fishing. So that's more my reason for re-spooling quite often. But your um your average punter, I'd be doing your braid every season. Uh maybe even a season and a half. Like you said, if you're using it. I wouldn't be changing it as much. If you're not using it, definitely change it. Your line for, say, your 24-kilo outfit for a bluefin, I'd be changing that nearly after every fish. Even after every couple of trips, you nearly change it because you don't know when that albatross hit the line. You don't know when that barracuda come up and hit your line where the swivel sits. You just don't know. And that's purely
2: off the base if you put so much time and effort into trying to catch fish. And money.
1: Money's a killer. You spend a lure sixty, eighty 60 80 bucks a snap these days the good ones are about 15 dollars ago like and it's not and then you've also got your wind on leader plus your, your your jobu hook if you're running that whatever you run it adds up so for i think you can nearly get them for 30 or 40 bucks if you do go to a tackle store or if you do it yourself with the line spooler you can buy bulk uh bulk line which will you can do 3 or 4 tiagras with so Start getting them smart about it. Spend the money now if you've got it. I know it's a bit of a harder time, but it's gonna. if you are bored at home, it's going to give you something to do. It can be a bit time-consuming. But the good thing with this product, which I like, Pat, which I tried to show you, was the tension adu- adjustment, adjustment knob. So what this is is basically drag pressure, I guess you could say, up the other end. Which is normally my tea towel. Towel or your yeah. jumper, which then turns out yellow. Of the braids, yellow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or your kid's chest, if you're holding on to it tight. <laughs> but basically, this thing will make a difference. You can tighten it, and you can. All, you want your line to go on your reels tight, because what that does, it stops your uh, line. If you overspool your line, or if you put your line on too uh, not tight enough, that's when you tend to get your, uh, your what do you your um bird's nest when you cast your uh, yeah uh, you, wind not win knots. That's yep, what I was Runs for. back over itself. Yeah, yep. exactly. So. It's a very very good product, and I didn't mention it, but the price is about 66 bucks, Pat. $66, and that there was going to keep you occupied to get all your reels and st- and all your reels, whether it's a Tiagra or a snapper reel done ready for what's to come after this COVID 19 passes. The Deep Blue Marine Line Spooler
2: 66.95. We found it on wellsystackle.com.au for more information.
3: You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and
2: Aaron Hadgood. It's time for Red's tips. pretty simple this week, Redman. You're talking about knots. We're all sitting at home at the moment. What are the three that you recommend
1: that we all must learn and master by the time we get back out fishing? Simple one, the uni knot. Better than the blood knot, easier to learn than the blood knot, and more efficient, to, as in time-wise, to tie it. So if yep. you have got a hot whiting bite, literally, it's, you pull it through the eye of the hook, you put a six in the line, around, 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 three or four or five times, pull it tight, away you go. The next one is the... The uh, I've just gone blank in my own head there, Patrick. It is the plat, the plat, the plat, which is used. Oh, this is my favourite knot and I just forgot it. No, the plat. It's a really, really important knot to learn. The reason for that is game fishing. You need to be able to join your double in your line, which is created by the plat, into your wind-on leader. So it creates that double in the, the loop, which will then allow you to cats pour it on to the one on leader. Just repeat it so you know what I'm talking about. And it's a very, a it actually is quite an easy knot to learn. People say, oh, geez, that's complicated. Look at that. It's actually repeating yourself. Besides the fact that your thumbs cramp a little bit, it is quite easy to tie. You're trying to run it about 60 times back through with the platting, but it's very easy to do and it's not a hard one to learn. The next one... The last one that I'm going to say you should know how to do is the FG knot. There are numerous casting knots out there, but the FG knot I've found the easiest and the best running through the eyes of the rod for myself. Now, what I mean by running through the eyes of your rod is, for example, the bluefin tuna, which we've had out of Port Phillip Bay here Heads, Port Phillip Heads, I should say, have been in massive numbers, and I've been casting to them most of the time. You need that knot to come out of your eyes smooth. One reason is so the knot doesn't damage your, your eyes. We're a double uni knot can damage the eye of your rod, but not only that, it can damage the knot. So when you've got that 30 kilo fish on, only on that 40 or 30 pound pound leader, because you're trying to get the hook up, that knot can damage and break quite easily. So the FG knot is a casting knot. It is quite easy to do once you get your head around it. It will take a little bit. It's harder than the plat, but once you get your hands going in that motion, like once you get that rhythm going, it'll keep going. And just tie 10 of them in a row, and you'll know how to do it. It'll build into your head. So the uni knot is number one. The FG knot is number two, and plat is your number three. No order, just the three you need to learn, and you can watch how to do them all, all on the Salt Guide website, and I'm sure YouTube will have plenty on there also. It's time for the Flying Gaff. And The Flying Gaff is very, very simple this week. For anyone that is
2: considering or thinking about breaking the law and going out fishing, simply don't. We've already had some, some horrendous examples this week of people risking their lives, and there's still two men currently um, missing missing in Victorian waters. Um, we're putting lives at risk by doing so. You're spreading resources where they shouldn't be. So we've all got a role to play uh, within this. Let's stick to the rules that are very, very clear. They can't be clearer for Victorian fishers because... If we want to flatten the curve, then this is just what we need to do for the time being. Redmond, that wraps up the show for this morning. It's an ever-evolving and an ever-changing environment for fishers right around the country. If you need any advice on whether you can or you can't fish, make sure you go to your government websites uh, for all the advice when it comes to the do's and don'ts of fishing. We'll see you next week.